let me rant here for a second. You know, I'm prone to ranting occasionally. That's all that you do. Right now, everyone in the world is telling the Cowboys how great they are. And I think that that is a good thing for the Ravens. You know, everybody's out there posting political stuff, all that stuff. It's time to move on and just give the Ravens Lounge a little love. Welcome into the lounge. I'm Ryan Mink, back in hosting duty. <laughs> I'm Garrett Downing, and uh, I just booked the trip to Houston. Ravens are headed down to Super Bowl, right? You think we can bring our clubs on the plane? Is Houston's not known as a golf town. I'm sure there's some nice golf. I'm it's sure. warm. It's, it's in the winter. It's in February. Yeah. It's, I bet I can find a course. There's nicer golf, but it's not like Phoenix, where you're known for the golf course. Fish tacos? Mexican food? Barbecue, I gotta believe there's some good barbecue in Houston, right? I feel like every place says they has good they have good barbecue. If it's like in the Midwest, everybody claims they have the best barbecue. Well but sure, I'll find the bar. Yeah, we'll find some good barbecue joint. Anyway, so if you don't get our joke on all this, Houston is the site of Super Bowl fifty one, so we're saying we're packing our bags for the Super Bowl, it's, baby. It's pretty amazing how quickly things have changed. Yeah, you know, two weeks ago everyone around town was ready to fire everyone. But now, hey, book the trip, baby. Go ahead and get that flight booked right now. So this kind of leads into a, a great audio question that we had submitted. Uh, go ahead and roll the tape. Hey guys, my name's Cooper Strait. I'm from Dallas, Texas. And I'm a Ravens fan, and I love the podcast. Y'all do some awesome work. I love hearing from you guys and the players, mostly the players, but you guys are pretty cool. Uh, my question would be, what's our actual legitimate chances of getting to the playoffs and making a difference in the playoffs, actually actually being a force in the playoffs I think we can I think we can go all the way honestly yeah love you guys all right well thanks a lot Cooper and just a reminder to everybody you can send us your audio questions email them to us at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net and it doesn't have to be an audio question you know we like to mix it up a little bit yeah it could be a regular email but we do like the audio component here so uh, can I just say I like in Cooper's question that he said, I like listening to you guys and the players, mostly the players. <laughs> <laughs> Can't blame Cooper there. No. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, and from Dallas, which is pretty great, a Ravens fan in Dallas. I hope, uh, hope you're going to the game, Cooper. Uh, but to answer the question, I, I think the Ravens, I'm not going to say, you know, what are their chances of making the playoffs. I would say maybe 50% right now. I mean, they're definitely – it's going to come down to the wire. I think it's going to come down to they've set themselves up – for it to come down to those weeks, weeks 16 and 17 games in Pittsburgh, in Cincinnati. I think those games are going to be huge because right now, as we've said even two weeks ago, the Ravens have to win the division. They have to win the AFC North. They're already two games behind in the second wild card spot chase. Uh, so they need to beat the Browns. Or they already beat the Browns twice. So they need to beat the Bengals and the Steelers. And they got two more against the Bengals. Yeah, and I think that, I mean, the biggest thing here is that the Ravens are in control. They are in the driver's seat on a path to the playoffs. They have yeah. the lead over the Steelers. They already beat the Steelers. They've got to find a way to beat the Bengals like you're talking about. Which it would be been, nice. You know what would be nice? in recent years. They haven't gotten the job done there. This is putting the 
what was the, the phrase? The, the cart uh, before the horse. Cart before the horse. This is putting the cart well in front of the horse, but it would be nice if that Week 17 against the Bengals, if they didn't have anything to play for. If they're already out of the conversation for the playoffs and they don't have anything really on the line. But I think the Steelers are going to be right there. I, I don't think that the Ravens are going to run away with this division by any means. And uh, I think that that game, you know, it could be a situation where if the Ravens lose that game, then they're tied with the Steelers or even the Steelers take the lead in the division. For sure. I think the Steelers, it'll come down to probably that Week 17 game against right. them. But my point is just it would be nice if the Bengals just went into that game without oh, anything on the line I Week see. 17. I see what you're saying. Those two teams, and then you can maybe steal a cheapie from the Bengals' last game of the season because they're just ready to pack their bags and head yeah, to the postseason. Yeah, it's kind of different, though. I'd rather fa- like It's different facing a team that doesn't have anything on the line because they're not battling for a playoff spot versus facing a team who's already – secured their playoff spot and has nothing to play for. I know. I mean, just last year. This is where this cart is a mile in front of the horse. You were talking about week Week 17 17. scenarios. But that tells Cooper a little bit what we're thinking. I think the Ravens have a very realistic shot to make the playoffs. I've said it before. I think you agree. I think nine and seven wins the AFC North, probably with some sort of tiebreaker between the Ravens and the Steelers. Both those teams are sitting at nine and seven. Well, they, we were, and we were discussing tiebreaker scenarios today <laughs> in our office. All right, is it strength of schedule? Is it AFC opponents, common opponents? And then we're sitting there saying, all right, so the Ravens win the division. Who are you hosting in the first round? Who would they play <laughs> in the second round? Oh, I, I, you know, New England doesn't want to see the Ravens in the playoffs. They don't want to see us in the playoffs. So th- this shows you how far things have come. So why do you feel so much better now than you did a week ago? That Browns win was the best win the Ravens have had since 2014. Absolutely, I think. The Browns win? This win Thursday night against the Browns was the best win they've had since 2014. You look at the Steelers' win with Ryan Mallett last year, I mean, it felt great, meant nothing, meant a worse draft position is what it meant. Yeah. Uh, And you look at this season, this was the best win the Ravens have had because the one thing that was holding them back from achieving all these goals that we're talking about, in my mind, going to the playoffs and even having a chance to make uh, a dent in the playoffs was the offense. And you finally saw the offense put it together somewhat. Uh, and so that, I think, is what led to, even in the locker room postgame, I mean, it was a very celebratory locker room, just because finally you knew the Ravens' defense, like we've been saying all year long, it's going to be good. It was good once again. The offense, they've been waiting for half the season for it to look like itself, live up to its potential, and finally it did. So if that can continue, I think this can be a very dangerous team. It gave a lot of hope. It did. Uh, I mean, I totally agree with you. The, I mean, when you have guys doing the mannequin challenge in the middle of the game and just the total loose, you had Brandon Williams squatting Eric Weddle on the sidelines. <laughs> like, it was a relaxed, loose group that carried over to the locker room. I thought that was good to see. First time, really, that we've seen that in a postgame environment this year. I, I might say that the Steelers' win was a little bit bigger this year. But it was still ugly. It still was ugly, but it, they were up 21 to nothing but against it, the Steelers. And the, and the Steelers are a much better team than the Browns. I, I think what it really is, I think both of them are kind of true. I think what it is was winning two games against division opponents within f- a five-day span. It was really just the – I don't want to say it felt like the same game, but when you have it packed in to that short window and playing on a short week. Both at home. Both at home, coming off of the bye where you had lost four straight games. The season really at a turning point. To have – it was like a total – Sigh of relief, exhale to get both of those things done. I agree, but in the the locker room, in the locker room after beating the Steelers, uh, the defense was happy, but they were saying, well, you know, yeah, we played well, but if you lose to the Browns, basically they were saying, like, if the offense doesn't get it together and (laughs) and beat the Browns, then we can just, this goes down the drain. You know, and Eric Weddle saying, 
yeah, we as a defense feel like we need to win every game now, basically. But and they still, the offense they still was feel down in the dumps. The offense was not feeling great after that Steelers win. Happy to get a win, but the offense was not joyous by any means. This was like a t- full team win for the first time all year. The biggest thing, though, and it's still a question, and we asked this question at the beginning of the season when you win those three games against the Bills uh, and the Browns and the Jags, and everyone was saying, well, how good are the Ravens really? Because those weren't necessarily great teams. Mm -hmm. We're right back to that same question because the best game of the season, the best performance came against the Browns, who were the worst team in the league. So I ask you, how much are you buying into that the offense has figured it out based on what you saw against the Browns on Thursday? Not pushing all the chips to the center of the table, that's for sure. Maybe I'm making a modest bet on that. Uh Uh, Yeah, like I said beforehand, I think this offense – I don't know that they have it all figured out right now. And uh, it's not that the Browns, I thought, played poorly. I didn't see a lot of mistakes on their part. I thought the Ravens executed pretty well. Uh, But it's not like the run game really was that spectacular against the Browns. Didn't come alive for me. Uh, I mean, that Brashad Perryman catch could have easily been overturned for his touchdown at the end of the game. A lot of the stuff was short, intermediate, underneath kind of passes. I, I didn't. Now he spread the ball around. Joe spread the ball around, and and they only did it for a half of the game. Yeah. I mean, the first half we're sitting there going, "Oh my goodness gracious, it's the same old story," and this time it's against the Browns. <laughs> uh, so really, it's not even like a full game sample worth where you could feel positive about it. It's one half. So I'm not buying all the way in. I, I got I to see a little bit more. Yeah, I actually am with you totally on that. But even if, but even if you get a halfway decent, if, if the offense can play one good half of football per game, that might be enough with the way the defense is playing. Right. So, like, I'm buying in on the offense is better than, than the worst in the league, that you know, how they were playing over the four-game losing streak. But uh, I don't know that they're all of a sudden, like, it's fixed and they're a really good offense. Right, and I think, to your point, the defense is a really good defense. And not only did I feel that way watching them against the Browns, I felt like, once again, I, I, first of all, I expected the defense to play well against the Browns. But then I felt that way that the defense was really good. Then when I was watching the Steelers-Cowboys game, because I was watching the Steelers offense just be explosive and march up and yep. down the field at certain points during that game. And then I remember what they looked like against the Ravens just a week ago, and it was totally different. Yep. And the reason is is because the Ravens' defense is legitimate. Like, they're really good. They yep. can they, they can force DMG turnovers. schemes it up really, really well. They stop the run, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. And I know we're going to get into this game coming up against the Cowboys, but I think it's a favorable matchup for this defense because – You're on record, by the way, saying you're wearing a Zeke jersey. Last on week. this podcast. <laughs> last, last week I had my 21 Zeke Dallas Cowboys jersey. Uh, I'm going to put that away, not wear that in the press box this week down at AT&T Stadium. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you. It's going to be a big test, obviously, uh, against the Dallas Cowboys. So that leads us into, now that we're talking Cowboys a little bit, some story time. And, Garrett, this will be the Ravens' first regular season game at AT&T Stadium in Dallas. Uh, but you went there for the preseason a two, couple years yeah, ago. Yeah, two years ago. What I, did you think? I mean, it's it lives up to all the hype and the expectations for all the stadiums. I mean, that definitely, I would say, is the best stadium in sports that I've been to. It's incredible. You walk out there, and you've seen it on TV, and you see the big, humongous boards they have in the middle of the, the, of the field, the Jumbotron, thing. and all that stuff, and you think that it's going to be, oh, it's going to be a nice stadium. No, this thing is massive, and it's 
you, the teams have to walk out from their locker room and essentially walk through a bar where there's people on each side of them. Did you get any pumpkin beers on your way through? I should have got a couple of pumpkin <laughs> beers walking my way out of the locker room. You know what's Shiner? Funny? Does Shiner make a pumpkin beer? I don't know if they do. I do like Shiner. <laughs> what's funny is we get more emails still to this day about pumpkin beer well, we're than just about, about anything else. we a little else. bit later here. But I just want to say that the pumpkin beer struck a nerve. Uh, <laughs> And we're going to continue to talk if about a pre- that. If a, if a president had run on a pumpkin beer, uh, mm. you know, platform, that would have That's ripped. a landslide That's victory. a third party if I've ever seen one right there. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> uh, but here's the thing that I'll say about AT&T Stadium. I honestly think that it might take like a quarter, especially for some of these young guys that haven't played in, you know, that environment before. It might take a little bit to kind of settle down. Our colleague, John Eisenberg, I thought he summed it up pretty well. It feels like you're playing a game at Times Square. There's lights everywhere. There's so much glitz and glamour. Like, the football game almost feels secondary to all of the hoopla going on around it. I think it could take a little bit to kind of settle in and get used to playing in that stage. Well, I will say that the Ravens uh, also played on a pretty big stage back in 2008 in the very final game ever at Texas Stadium. Yeah. And uh, played pretty well that day. We got a 33-24 to win. Willis McGahee with a 77-yard <laughs> run. Followed up on the very next. So he scores a 77-yarder. I know you weren't here yet, Gary. Nope, you were not still here. A Brownies guy. <laughs> uh, but McGahee goes for 77 yards, touchdown, takes the lead. Cowboys come back. They pulled with. They score a touchdown. Witten pulls them to within two. You're like, oh, boy, Cowboys have the momentum. First play after that, LaRon McLean for running back. Rumbles 82 yards for a touchdown to seal it. Just That oh, was the final awesome. game at that stadium, right? The they shut it down? game, yeah. They shut it down at Texas Stadium. A lot of uh, Cowboys fans are really sad that day. Yeah, Cowboys fans still probably have an extra grind with the Ravens. Probably do. So it'd be, it'd be nice to uh, you know have a little bit of a repeat performance in that way. Uh, on that note, is this a win this weekend? I think, and I, and I said this going into last week's games, I felt like, to, to, in short, yes, this is going to be a win. Okay. And my reasoning is, I felt like going into the Browns game, you felt like, okay, if the Ravens beat the Browns, that's two in a row. And then if just maybe the Steelers lose at home to the Cowboys, then the Ravens have the edge in the division, obviously. But the biggest thing, and I feel like almost as important, is the Cowboys are feeling real hot on themselves right now. They've oh, won yeah. eight straight. They just went into Pittsburgh, beat the Steelers. Everyone's telling them how straight, great they, they are. They lost the season opener. They lost the season opener. Okay. Romo got hurt, then Dak came in. Uh, and then Dak, obviously, has played great. Right now, everyone in the world is telling the Cowboys how great they are. Zeke Elliott, not only should he be Rookie of the Year, he's also going to win MVP. If he doesn't win Rookie of the Year, then Dak's going to win Rookie of the Year. Everybody is talking about how this is the it team this year. And I think that that... It's a good thing for the Ravens. Nobody's talking about how they could go down there and win. Seven-point underdogs right now. Seven-point underdogs. And then the other thing, too, now you've got, like, the Romo thing kind of creeping into the conversation even more. Well, so, Jerry Jones kind of put his foot down on that. But he said he's going to be suited up. He said he's going to be active and he's going to oh. be the backup. So, so not, that Ravens defense starts to get into Dak a little bit, all the cameras are going to pan to that sideline, yep. see what Romo's doing. And this is the first game, and I think Dak Prescott's really good, but this is the first game that he's going to have – you know, number nine, Tony Romo, standing there on the sidelines in, in uniform. Right. It's a little different and when he's in uniform. And he's going to be facing, let's not forget, the Ravens defense. The this best defense in the NFL. The best def- number one rated defense in the NFL. It's it's very interesting. And it, I think it kind of goes into, it subscribes to the theory of, do you like a team that's hungry because they've lost some games? Or do you like a team that's playing really well? Are you scared of a team that's playing really well because they just continue that? Or, or what? Before, the Cowboys are good. Right. Before, before Sunday... 
uh, when the Cowboys played an incredible game. That was an unbelievable game to watch. I did watch football this Sunday because I'm more excited about the Ravens season. You know, over the bye and the Ravens are riding that losing streak, I was like, forget football. I need a detox <laughs> Sunday. I watched some football on Sunday, and that game was great. Before that game, I thought that the I, I agreed with you. I felt like, you know what? I'm kind of sniffing a win. Just an upset win on the road in Dallas. And then I watched Dallas, and they are good. They are good. They are really good. Dak, the way he moves in the pocket, it's, it's pretty lights out. They can. Zeke Elliott is legit. Mm-hmm. That guy is really, really, really good. Uh, so it's it's going to be tough. It's, it's going to well, be very for sure. Tough. It's not a gimme by any means, but I just feel like I feel like it's kind of a perfect storm brewing. Dallas is ripe for a loss. They're, they're not going to go. I, I agree. They're not going to go fifteen I and one. Think, I think right now, if I were to just look at the two teams, I would probably say, you know what? Right now, Dallas is a better team. I would say they're a better team right now. Well, they're seven. Uh, they're eight and one. So yeah. Well, even despite the record, just how they're playing, the eye test of watching the Ravens for eight games or nine games, mm-hmm. and then watching Dallas for not for this game, for game. on Sunday <laughs> for a game. I'm like, man. Dallas looks like the better team, but I do agree with you that the situation, the way things are kind of adding up, I like when the Ravens are in the underdog role. I think they play their best in that role. I think the Ravens also are a team that play up to their competition. Uh, they play their best football against the best, and I think they're going to be ready to roll on this so one. So let me ask you this. Let me pose this question to you. So if you remember, go back to the draft. Cowboys had the number four overall pick. Ravens, of course, had the sixth <laughs> right. overall pick. There was talk that the Ravens and the Cowboys, they tried a trade. They tried yeah. to work out a trade. Ravens would have moved up, and they were presumably going to take Jalen Ramsey, the corner who right. ended up going to Jacksonville at the fifth <laughs> at number five. Right. Now, the Cowboys didn't want to move because they said, we got our guy Zeke. We're just going to take him. We don't even want to risk it that he's someone else jumps in front of us. And, right. and it's so, like a pretty good, smart move on their yeah, part. Yeah, the guy's right got 1,000 rushing yards through nine games. Yeah. So let me ask you this, though. Let's just say the Ravens had traded up with the Cowboys at four. Do you wish that they would have taken Zeke at that spot instead of Jalen Ramsey or instead of obviously Stanley or anybody? Do you take Zeke? He's darn good. <laughs> I probably would still take Jalen Ramsey just because that position at cornerback is uh, – I, I still am of the belief – that running backs are a little bit more dime a dozen. You can get a guy in the third, fourth round that still turns out to be a stud. Look at David Johnson for the Arizona Cardinals. He was a later pick. Yeah. Um, it's stud. Now, Zeke is pretty special. He's pretty special. If you're in recent years, there hasn't been a running back that's been worth one of those really high picks that's worked out. But Zeke may work out. He may he may usher in teams taking running backs higher. I mean, now you're looking at who's that kid? Uh, Leonard Fournette. Fournette, right? You know, you know who's probably He's the happiest? He's making some money on that. Exactly. Whatever Leonard Fournette gets in his rookie deal, he should go ahead and give a commission of that to Zeke Elliott. Seriously. So, no, I, I would probably say Jalen Ramsey still because cornerbacks are so – really good ones are so hard to find. He's playing very well also. I know. Just beef up that Ravens D with Jalen Ramsey. That'd be it, nice. it, it is it, – I, I, I'm with you. I kind of think that you can find running backs on the cheap, some good ones a little bit later. Um, but, you know, Man, Zeke's good. making it a tougher argument to, to, to make. I agree. But when we're talking about draft trades, let me rant here for a second. You know, I'm prone to ranting occasionally. That's all that you do. That's all I do. So in 2010 draft, you remember this one, Garrett? Mm-hmm. The Ravens and I, we thought we were getting Des Bryant. Dropped down because he had some off-the-field issues. Just stud wide receiver. Drop down to number 24. The Ravens sitting at 25. I think Schefter reported Des Bryant's going to go to the Ravens. 
I tweeted it out. <laughs> Dez is going to the Ravens. Suddenly, trade alert. Dallas trades up, moves one pick ahead of the Ravens, picks Dez at 24. I still remember the we had a camera in the, the room where all the scouts were watching, not the draft room where Ozzy and Coach yeah. and all those guys are, but our scouts. And it, there's a camera in there, and those guys are just like, <laughs> Everyone's stunned. Just stunned. Just jaws to the floor. The Ra- think so. Then, so then, let's play this out. So then, the Ravens trade back to with the the uh, Broncos who come up to get Tim Tebow. Ravens yep. trade back and get Sergio Kendall oh. in the second round. Oh, it's a rough. What one. a swing that is from Des Bryant to Sergio Kendall, who never played. I don't think he ever suited up in a regular season game. For I the think Ravens. he did. Maybe I, I'm not sure. If it was, it was very limited. Very, very limited on special teams only, yeah. probably. Uh, well, that's a tough one. And I, as much as I do like listening to you wallow into your microphone, I want to let's just move it forward. <laughs> right. We got to go forward. We can't right. just live in the past here. Yep. So now yeah, we got to. And Zach Martin. Took Zach Martin one pick ahead of the Ravens. Yeah, they, Ravens who I ended thought up, they were going to take. Yeah, the Ravens ended up getting CJ Mosley that bad. year. So that one worked out just yeah. fine. Even, All right, getting back to Zeke. Yeah. Do you think that uh, the Ravens are going to stop him? We just we talked about it. Strength versus strength here. Is the Ravens' run defense better than the Dallas Cowboys' offensive line and, and Zeke Elliott? I always like a matchup where the team that the Ravens are going up against, their bread and butter is pounding the ball on the ground, which is obviously the case for the Cowboys. I hate going up against the Phillip Rivers or those kinds of guys that just mm-hmm. throw the ball all, all over the field. That's a terrible matchup. Better always, quarterback. Yeah. Don't like it. But I like the matchup that the Ravens have going up against Zeke and this running game. I mean, I think that they're going to be able to stop him. And the Ravens' run defense would look even better. There was one play where Isaiah Crowell in the second yep. week of the season went for 85 yards. yards. 85, yeah. So take that play off the books, and then it's even an even better run defense. No one's really getting close to 100 yards. So I think they're going to be able to slow him down enough. I'm not saying he's going to have 10 rushing yards. I think Zeke will probably have 20 carries for 70 yards, something like that. And uh, that you would take be that. you, you take absolutely that. take that. I'll tell you what. You look at Brandon Williams and Michael Pierce in the middle. That is a one-two combo that's honestly reminiscent of the Saragusa-Sam Adams days of the 2000 Ravens defense. I mean, both these guys are big-bodied, nasty, really, really good run stuffers. Michael Pierce is playing out of his mind. I mean, both those – the Cowboys offensive line is really, really good, but that interior of the Ravens defensive line is – Nasty. Enjoy it now, folks, because yeah, it's gonna be tough. I don't know, him. right? I don't know if you're gonna be able to keep Brandon Williams, especially when you have Michael Pierce, who can step into that spot. And Jernigan, don't forget Jernigan. I mean, the Ravens' defensive line right now is pretty darn filthy. Uh, and then you have C.J. Mosley back. I mean, yep. he's a great, great linebacker. Suggs against the run game. I agree. I, I think the Ravens will not shut down Zeke Elliott in this running game. But I think that they'll do a pretty good job of limit, limiting them. And if they don't give up the home run, then that's a win for the Ravens. Let's give the stats real quick here. Zeke is averaging 112 rushing yards per game. The Ravens are allowing 71.3 rushing yards. And I think they're going to be right back in that range. Yeah. With him. You said 70 yards. Yeah, right around that range. Yeah. So uh, breaking news here. I don't know how we didn't lead the show with <laughs> the episode. But breaking news, can I can I do my sound effect again? Sure, go for it. Breaking news: pumpkin spice spice froyo in the cafeteria today. I know this was the big talk 
come back from the little mini buy, had a nice weekend, everyone's feeling good, and then I noticed the Froyo machine, new flavor, pumpkin spice. Had to try it. Well, had to, obviously, obviously had to try it. Uh, initial reviews, underwhelmed. I've been kind of on a avoiding the ice cream as much as I can, trying to. Makes you just feel like garbage. Every time we eat the Froyo, we come back to the office, oh, I feel like garbage. I know, I know. But it's some, I still all inevitably end up getting it you know, three times a week when I'm trying to avoid <laughs> I'm going to go back willpower. to what I've said before. There's nothing better than the peanut butter froyo. That's true. at the top of the list, and I'm going to hold out until that returns. Pumpkin flavors should be held. For desserts, it's just pumpkin pie. That's the only pumpkin flavor you can have in desserts. No pumpkin spice froyo. It's pumpkin pie, coffee, and beer. Those are the pumpkin flavors. It's just the pumpkin craze, you know. I love my pumpkin beer, but it's going a little—it's going a little mad. It's there going is, crazy. yeah, it is. I, there's pumpkin spice candles. There's pumpkin spice everything. Everyone's got a pumpkin flavor to it. It's—it is a little bit much. Yeah, you got to reel it back in. By the way, I had a really good pumpkin beer. As we're talking about the evolution of pumpkin beers yeah. here, yeah, uh, Freaktoberfest. It's like a—I've heard of that. It's a pumpkin beer, kind of also has some coffee hints to it. Who one of my buddies, it? one of my—I uh, can't remember who makes it. A buddy of mine introduced it to me. It's great. A plus. All right. So go ahead and give I it a shot. I will say one thing I'm getting a little salty about is the pumpkin beer is coming off the shelves. And my local, my local shop where I get all my beer, I couldn't find a pumpkin beer. Really? I was seriously trying to find one to bring to your birthday party that it didn't come to. <laughs> <laughs> you would spit out your coffee with yourself. Uh, and I could not find one. No pumpkin beer. Uh, and that's, I mean, it's just, it's crazy how like, you know, you start getting winter beers in, in yeah. here in November, early November. You're getting summer beers in March. I mean, yeah. it's way they're way off. I said I said before on the podcast, pumpkin beer season extends to Thanksgiving. Then you roll it forward. Then it's you start talking about the Christmas ales and those things. I agree. Which, by the way, once that happens, I think we're going to have to really do a deep dive into some of the Christmas beers that are Agreed. out there. And, Absolutely. Uh, Maybe a little I'm taste start test a, on the podcast. I'm going to yeah taste test. We're, we're going to start putting our list together for winter beers. So if you guys have suggestions, go ahead and send them in at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. Agreed. All right, we have another audio question. We're going double audio question, Garrett. Yeah, we've never done this before. Never done we're this We're doubling before. up today. <laughs> go ahead and roll it, Garrett. Hi, this is Renee from Baltimore. I'm just listening to the podcast that was released on Tuesday after the Steelers win. Yay. And it is now Friday. So, A, Flacco, I expect you to appear on the show since we did beat the Browns. And B, Ryan and Garrett, I want to know why it sounded like you were buttering us up for a loss on Thursday night. You guys seem to make every explanation of why it's possible for the wrong team to lose, etc., etc. That wasn't an option for us. Thanks. Well, thank you very much, Renee. Appreciate the question. Uh, first of all, I'm sorry for kind of giving you some doubts about the Browns game. We were absolutely way off on that one. But I told you we were going to beat the Browns. We, we really both said say, that they were going to. We both said they were going to win. Well, we were saying like Thursday night football sometimes weird don't things. Get the truest yeah. result, right? But now on the other side of things, I don't know if it's bad luck now because we basically. Well, I have. I've gone all in saying the Ravens are going right, to win I'm this weekend. Imagine the fence a little. Bit yeah. Right. So if if it goes wrong, then Renee's going to blame me for. Justifiably so. Yeah. Justifiably so. Uh, but to your other point, Renee. Yes, Flacco better be coming on. I can't say that he's absolutely coming on, but after the game, he gave us a yes. We've gotten multiple soft yeses from Joe. So we are going to let him know that you're all also putting the pressure on him. 
He needs to come on the podcast. Yeah. So tune back it, in later this week. And we need to get him on the podcast bump. It's worked out for Brandon Williams. It's worked sure. out for Timmy Jernigan, Kyle Yushek. Sure. Absolutely. Podcast bump is alive and well, and we need to give Joe Flacco a little bit of that action. Agreed. So thank you so much for listening uh, to today's episode. We really appreciate it. As always, leave a rating and a review of the podcast. Share it with your friends. Put it on Facebook. You know, everybody's out there posting political stuff, all that stuff. It's time to move on and just give the Ravens Lounge a little love. Yeah, that's what we need. Make your friends happy. They're tired of reading all your political posts. (laughs) Post the Lounge on your Facebook feed. Thank you so much for listening. Email us at the Ravens or at the Lounge at Ravens.NFL.net, and we'll talk to you later this week.